Radio MD. RadioMD.com. Hear it from the doctor with expert guests from the American Academy of Pediatrics. It's Healthy Children. Now, our favorite mom, Melanie Cole, MS. If you're a parent and you happen to be a responsible gun owner, or you're sending your children over to someone's house, you want to know if they are a responsible firearms owner before you send your children over. It's really so important that we all understand the safety tips and things that we need to know. And here to tell us about that is my guest, Dr. David Hill. He's a hospitalist with Goldsboro Pediatrics and a spokesman for the American Academy of Pediatrics. Dr. Hill, as we get into this topic, it's a hot topic. A lot of people debate this topic, but tell us what you feel is the most important bit of information about firearm safety and the tips that we need to know to keep our children safe. Absolutely. Well, let let me get to the top point, number one. What they should know is if their home has firearms, those firearms should be locked in a child-proof manner and the ammunition should be stored and locked separately. This is the number one thing to know. Without getting into the weeds over debate over what kind of firearms people should be able to buy, uh, you know, what they should be able to own, where they, the only important thing to know is locked, unloaded, ammunition separate. So my own personal history, I grew up shooting firearms. Uh, I have taught my own children to shoot. Uh, we go out to the range every now and then. And uh, if anything, my familiarity with weapons and shooting makes me even more passionate about firearm safety. Despite being a shooter, I myself do not keep a firearm in the home, partly because I have five teenagers and their friends in and out of here. And uh, kids figure stuff out. They're curious. They have pretty lousy decision-making ability. That's why we don't give them cars uh, until they're old enough and why we have graduated driver's licenses and why they have to take driver's ed. Uh, the same thing is true for anything that's potentially dangerous. You know, we put fences around our swimming pools and make sure that kids can't wander into the pool and drown. Uh, that is the same logic behind making it difficult for children to get a hold of firearms. I think one thing that a lot of parents underestimate is the risk for suicide among teenagers. Uh, I think we all think, well, I would know if my child was depressed. I would know if my child uh, was considering suicide. Uh, But the fact is, as parents of teens know, they don't tell us everything. And we also know they're very impulsive. And the difference between a suicide attempt with a highly lethal weapon and a suicide attempt from other means really matters. Firearm suicides are unfortunately very effective and you can't change your mind uh when children attempt poisoning or anything else you can imagine that's less lethal than firearms frequently they survive frequently they come to regret what they tried to do and they they get care and they get better but you don't have a chance to change your mind when a firearms involved so I know all of us think, well, well, I know my child. It's other people's children we're talking about. But everybody else also thinks it's other people's children. And some of them were wrong. So it's really important to remember, eh, it's probably somebody else's kid, but it could be mine or it could be my child's best friend. Uh, 
doesn't have to be them, right? I tell all the parents in my practice, sure, your kid's brilliant, but you know they have stupid friends, right? I mean, you've met their friends. They're absolutely your child makes great decisions. That's right. But their friends are coming over. And this is true when they go to somebody else's house. Uh, many people in the United States own firearms, and a shocking number of them are not stored safely. And it's not rude. To, to ask just directly, hey, uh, we just have a rule about our own home that any firearms are locked and unloaded. And, you know, I just want to make sure before my child goes over there, are any weapons in your home locked and unloaded? And I find, by the way, as a pediatrician that and I have I take care of a largely rural, largely military population in North Carolina. Many of my patients' parents are gun owners, responsible gun owners, certainly. And uh, sometimes if I ask, well, do you have a weapon? They get very defensive. They don't want to answer that question. Why are you asking me that? So instead of asking, do you have a weapon? I just ask, are any weapons that are in your home stored, locked, and unloaded? I don't really need you to tell me whether you have a weapon, I just want you to know, if you do, that we want your children safe. Well, that's excellent, Dr. Hill, and what a great description, and it's absolutely so important. Now, as a pediatrician, if we're asking our kids, friends, parents, that question that you asked about, you yeah. know, locked and unloaded, People might get a little touchy, as they do with you, if you were to ask, do you have weapons in the house? What, yeah, what do you sure. want us to know about starting that conversation with these parents and how we can approach it in a better way? Well, first of all, you can always sort of demure, as you do with other things, you know, I'm such a safety freak. I know it's kind of crazy. Blame your blame the other parent, you know, no big deal for me, but you know, the other parents kind of crazy about this, but, or, you know, our pediatrician made us promise that we were going to ask this, or I know somebody that something really bad happened to in this way. And honestly, if you, if you search your acquaintances and family members, chances are unfortunately that you do. So, you know, I, I don't want to be nosy, but I'm a little bit of a nut about this and, you know, I just want to make sure. And there are very friendly, non-confrontational ways to start these conversations. On the other hand, it's okay every now and then to ask important questions. If my teenagers are going over to somebody else's house, I'm going to ask, are the parents there? Can I talk to the parents? Are you guys going to be unsupervised over there? Who's going to be there with you? If I'm sending my five-year-old to uh, go out to bowling with a classmate or something, I'm going to ask, so do you have a car seat? Do I need to get you a car seat? Because, I mean, I've had cases where my kids were double buckled in someone else's car, and then they came home and told me I freaked out. Me right? too. So <laughs> yeah, it's the absolutely. same it's the same safety question you would ask about car seats, about swimming pools, about teenage parties where there might be alcohol or drugs. Uh, it's no different. What a great point. No, it really isn't. And when you put it that way, it does make it seem a less invasive conversation to have because you would have it about driving. You know, is your teenage kid going to drive my five-year-old or what's going on here? I mean, I, I agree with you completely and what a great way to set it up. Now, also, Dr. Hill, 
you know, there's other kinds of guns. And now even if kids have a toy squirt gun or something and they end up bringing it to school, they can get in trouble. So tell us a little bit about BB guns, pellet guns, paintball guns, airsoft, you know, toy or starter guns that could be dangerous if not handled properly as well. While they're not going to kill, there could be injuries happening. Absolutely. You know, when I think about this, I don't know about you. I can't help but think about Ralphie in A Christmas Story. Of right? course. I mean, every, a lot of people That's have seen that movie. That's everybody's first thought, of course. Around the Hollywoods, right? You're going to put your eye out? Well, there is data. There is data. In fact, there was just a recently published article in Pediatrics. And so the question was, how common are these non-powder weapons, right? So a BB gun, a uh, pellet gun, air, airsoft gun, uh, even paintball. These all use non-powder propellants to move a projectile through the air at uh, various speeds. And depending on the on the weapon, we could go way down in the weeds on this. But at any rate, they're, they're all variations of some air carbon dioxide type propellant. And uh, the good news is that awareness has decreased the number of injuries by nearly 50% over uh, a 25-year period. And that's just extraordinary. Uh, that's fantastic. That's a tremendous success. But, of course, these remain tremendously popular, and there are a lot of injuries. And uh, Ralphie's teacher would be right. Uh, putting your eye out is the, the number one kind of injury associated with these. Now, again, full disclosure, we are not a weapon-unfriendly family. We've had entire bins of airsoft guns. We've had backyard airsoft wars. But everybody lost their privileges if they did not have proper face protection on. So if you're going to play paintball, if you're going to play airsoft or something like that, uh, there is appropriate approved face protection. You have to look and make sure that it's correct for the type of weapon or instrument that you're using. There are different feet per second ratings on these eye shields, etc. But you really want to make sure that people are appropriately shielded, especially around the face and the eyes. You really do want to have adult supervision. You can't just send a bunch of nine-year-olds out there with, you know, they may be toy weapons, but they still shoot projectiles. Somebody needs to be out there watching and seeing what they're doing. Uh, you want to have very careful rules, the same way you would with a real weapon, treat every weapon as though it's loaded. And that's just as true of a paintball gun or an airsoft or the Red Rider BB gun as it is of, you know, an AR-15. Uh, treat it like it's loaded. Don't look down the barrel. Don't pretend to shoot somebody. Don't shoot somebody in the face. Uh, all weapons are considered loaded at all times always treat that weapon with respect and if you see somebody not doing that it's a loss for a little while there has to be a consequence for that absolutely and and as you say it's a loss for a little while parents we have to take charge of this because we don't want to end up running to the hospital because one of our kids got hurt from something that seems harmless and innocent because the kids are going to play with their finger guns. They're going to do these things, water guns, any of these things. It's just kind of innate in our society. So that's really great advice. What else would you like us to know? Because what an important topic. Do you have any final thoughts for us as the expert that you are, a pediatrician and a responsible gun owner? Put it together for us, Dr. Hill. The most important thing for parents to remember is you cannot overestimate how impulsive your children and teenagers are. 
they just aren't built to think things through. It's just the fact of their brains. You don't have a fully developed frontal lobe until you're about 25 years old. But you have a fully developed impulse center. And so there's just not a lot of breaks. And you can't overestimate, even though you may have the most responsible, straight A, honor roll, Eagle Scout student in your family, they're just not 25 yet. And until they're 25, they are going to do impulsive things. And our job as parents is to know that and to take it into account. And if we're going to, there are all sorts of dangerous things that are a lot of fun. And, you know, if you never embrace any sort of risk, what kind of life are you having? But you want to always make sure that you're there to supervise, that the ground rules are very clear, and that you're taking every measure that you can to safeguard the environment, especially when weapons are involved. 100% agreed. Dr. Hill, what a great segment and such important information. Again, parents, please share these shows because it's so important that we're learning from the experts at the American Academy of Pediatrics together. And that's where our experts from Healthy Children come from in conjunction with their consumer website, healthychildren.org, and share these shows so that we all have this great information. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review, and share them on your social channels. Thanks so much for listening. This is Melanie Cole for RadioMD.com. Stay well.